Welcome. Glad you're joining us today. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening. Today, we've got Pastor Reverend Brother Jacob Jake Turner. Jake Turner, thanks for uh, hanging out with us today. Thank you for having me on the podcast, Tori. You're welcome. Yours is the only one I listen to. <laughs> this is going to be a good day. It's, it's going to be great. <laughs> We're going to talk and answer questions about uh, last week, not last week, yeah, last week's sermon, this week's sermon uh, on repentance in Luke. So uh, let's unpack that. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Um, so we talked about repentance yesterday. Um, we've heard repentance defined as turning away, or you can even use like a military analogy, um, like an about face. So how would you define repentance to people who have and will continue to fall short of God's mark like we all do? Um, how should we think about living a life of repentance kind of versus a life of um, legalism? How do we kind of define that? Yeah, so there is an initial repentance that every single person uh, comes to grip or come what am I trying to say? Comes to grips with. Comes to grips with. There you go. Is that right? It's like a double plural. Is that right? Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay. But yeah, everybody has that initial encounter with repentance when the Holy Spirit draws them uh, to himself. And there is that first uh, recognition of sin in their lives, and they recognize that I need to turn away from these habitual and destructive patterns in mm -hmm. my life. But we quickly find out that uh, we are still very much prone to a sinful nature because sure. we're still attached to it. Yeah. Because Jesus hasn't come back yet, yeah. the consummation of all things has not occurred, and therefore we are still going to struggle with sin. And so there is this initial repentance that is required in the life of every follower of Jesus, yeah. but it's ongoing as well. And yeah. so we have to make the decision to continue to cast off or reject right. those sinful habitual patterns that I mentioned in the message on Sunday that we all have a particular bent towards. Yeah. Um, like what you struggle with mm -hmm. may not be what I struggle with, but we all have a particular bent towards uh, a particular sin or a yeah. particular lifestyle, and we just have to um, continually reject those things yeah. with the help of the indwelling Holy Spirit, obviously, and continuing to uh, be formed into the likeness of Christ. Yeah. So that's good. I I really appreciated how uh, you talked about John the Baptist and how he was just a dude out in the wilderness who God super decided to use, and I think about. Honestly, like I was talking with a friend recently, um, I've been like seriously grieving the fact that my life is not about me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, like there's more and more degrees of that. So when I think about repentance, it's like sometimes you, I think the Holy Spirit is kind enough to kind of highlight, hey, by the way, you're still leaning on these patterns, mm. right? Or you're still leaning on yourself and like repentance is just this like, okay, God, I'm going to turn again. <laughs> yeah. Do it all again. <laughs> and I, I think... Absolutely. God is gracious in those moments, yeah. and he, he allows us to recognize 
uh, things. And that's part of the beauty of the fact that the Holy Spirit now dwells within every believer right. because he brings about the conviction that's necessary and how comforting how comforting that is to know that we belong to him because he reminds us of those things uh, gently and, yeah. and draws us back to himself and says, you know, this is not the way that you should be going. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to turn again yeah. and return to me. Yeah. So uh, I really, yeah, I I'm grateful that. for the Holy Spirit, for sure. I am too. Um, so at the end of the sermon, you asked the question, you know, I kind of, I think you were saying for us to ask ourselves, has there been a profession of faith? Mm-hmm. So we've talked about this a good bit, uh, probably about a year ago, mm-hmm. year and a half ago. Um, Lost Mountain doesn't have altar calls. And That's so right. a lot of people um, don't really know what kind of avenue we would have to profess our faith. So what avenues do we provide for people to make a profession of faith? So yeah, in the message on Sunday, I made sure to highlight uh, the connection card specifically. And I wanted to I, I wanted to provide a visual for people that... Mm-hmm. Um, may have that that question in their mind like him is is my lifestyle one that legitimately follows Jesus right and that's why I wanted them to circle or to underline or to highlight that particular word because I really wanted us to um, to understand that to understand that um, there is not just this decision to be made to go to the front and right. have your sins forgiven and then, it's a one-shot deal that's taken care of. Right. I, I feel like that's been a huge misconception yeah. in our lifetime as to what it means to legitimately follow Jesus. Right. And so I wanted to highlight that particular word, follow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, under the, the resources tab on the website, yeah. there is that section, why we do the things that we do. Mm, yeah. And there's that super, super helpful article that Matt's written about why we don't do altar calls yeah. at Lost Mountain. And I wanted to highlight a couple of things. He actually provides 11 reasons <laughs> why he Good old uh, Matt. he doesn't prefer them. Yeah, it's um, it's not entirely exhaustive, but it is pretty exhaustive. <laughs> so if, if Pastor Matt is good at something, it's giving you a lot of information. And so it's resourcing you well, and we are grateful to him for that. But I wanted to highlight a couple of these. Um, Number two on the 11 reasons, he says, the altar call fails to acknowledge that in our skeptical, cautious, and relational age, most people come to faith over a period of time and through meaningful interaction with Christian friends and the church. Mm -hmm. I think that's underestimated a lot because we are so quick to have people or even in particular environments just make a quick decision about something. Yeah. Like, and it could be as simple as being in a restaurant. Yeah. Like, and I've, I've spoken about this before, but having that menu anxiety yeah. where you feel so pushed to make a decision super fast. Yeah. And so you just kind of go for something. Like, we need to be comfortable with the fact that uh, God may be working in an, in, in an individual over time. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to be said about that, about not coercing people into just making a decision, which is improper terminology anyway, because right. we believe that the Holy Spirit is doing the work here. Right. Uh, we want uh, to provide freedom here for the Holy Spirit to accomplish His work and His purpose and yeah. His will in the life of every person that comes through these doors. Yeah. And so we want to be really intentional about that. Um Another 
reason is the altar call makes it its primary appeal to a person's will or emotions, which often relies more on the skill, technique, or persuasiveness of the preacher than it does on the power of the Holy Spirit. I really identified with that one uh, because, if anything, like, I'm not necessarily the most effective communicator when I'm on stage because there's a lot of things going through my mind, and um, I, I often get just tripped up a little. Maybe I stumble over my words a lot. And so I'm grateful to know that uh, God has used me in such a way um, to where I can still be able to stand in front of a group of people or in a small group or in a one-on-one relationship just to be able to, um, just to be able to have that freedom to to speak and stumble over my words, but yet uh, concentrate on the particulars of the gospel mm-hmm. and allow God to do with those things what He will. Yeah, because He's going to work in situations like that, and it doesn't take my persuasiveness or it doesn't take my particular skill or technique yeah. for God to use me in situations like that. And that's good news for everybody. Yeah, for um, sure. Because we get so. We get so nervous when we want to talk about spiritual things with people or our friends because we wonder if we're saying the right things or we're getting uh, the message across that we want to get across. And so I think that's super helpful to realize that in every situation, uh, the Holy Spirit uh, doesn't need our persuasiveness or our technique when telling other people about who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Yeah. Uh, and finally, this I'll highlight this particular one. The altar call has a long and wide history of producing a superficial conviction of sin. Yeah. And that's huge uh, because we don't want to downplay the severity of our sin right. and how that uh, completely separates us from yeah. the holy and righteous God that's created us. Yeah. And this makes who Jesus is and what he has done all the more sweeter when we come to the realization of how we have uh, offended God by choosing Mm self-law over him Mm -hmm. and how he had to insert himself into our dilemma and take on flesh and eventually go to the cross to absorb our sin so that we might be made righteous in God's sight. And so that article is there. Uh, for anybody that's interested, again, it's under the resources tab on the website, and it's yeah. why we do what we do. And it's, like I said, a pretty detailed document. It's yeah. like a good eight pages. And I enjoyed reading about the history of the altar call. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how God just has used particular relationships um, that people have had throughout the ages to be able to draw yeah. uh, people to himself. And so, I don't know, that yeah. that document is there for anybody that might enjoy reading it, and I encourage you to do so. For sure. Um, yeah, there's there's a few articles there, so if you have questions, definitely definitely go there about why we do what we do. I, I keep thinking about what keeps popping into my mind is the Lord is so good to to save us and and call us righteous and attribute Christ's righteousness to us, right, mm-hmm. without any work of our own. But I, I think I used to feel like 
because Christ had saved me fully, my only uh, my only use of grace was a transaction. So when I sinned again, it was like me being the prodigal son, like coming back and saying, give me all my inheritance. And I mm. just would feel this guilt over and over again. And then I had this moment with the Lord where he was like, hey, I care about your your practical holiness even more than you do. Like I've attributed Christ to you, but also your sanctification is also really important to me. Yeah. Like you don't have to hold that up. And so I think repenting to me, it's just this freedom of like, okay, God, I don't have to prove my holiness to you. I turn to you and I turn away from my sin so that you can do what you want with me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think man just the the word repentance i think has had such a weird connotation in a lot of in a lot of like different denominations cuz there's there's some denominations where like i've heard someone say to me an unrepented one unrepented sin is enough to keep you out of the gates of heaven and so then i lived in fear for mm. for years you know and but then it's like this whole idea of stepping across this line of salvation and then you don't follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate your your preaching on this topic because it's it's a big one and it's an impo- important one to have right. Um, is so. Last question: Is there anything that you wanted to talk about about the message or surrounding this, or maybe even not? Maybe just uh, something that we haven't talked about yet. You know, I I was thinking on the way here this morning about how I've been hearing this particular phrase a lot lately. And I think it's Bill Hull who said this. He said, uh, the gospel you preach determines the disciple that you make. And so it is imperative that we get the specifics of the gospel correct. Yes. In that it's not this one-shot transaction. It's mm-hmm. an ongoing following of Jesus uh, to where everything about our our lifestyle and our cravings are are, are being cast to the side as far as our um, our particular bent towards the flesh, yeah. and, and it's actively pursuing. Um, Jesus in such a way to where we begin to imitate his very life that we see right. played out for us in the scriptures. And so uh, that that particular phrase has just been on my mind and heart, and God has been reminding me a lot lately of Psalm 90, verse 12, that says, teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. And so when I wake up in the morning and realize that uh, every day is truly a gift, and I drop my kids off at school in Carline, and we pray together. Um, that, that's something that I pray over them. Uh, I, I say, Lord, help us to realize that today is a gift from you, mm-hmm. and and teach us to number it, yeah. that we might gain a heart of, of godly wisdom, wisdom that is calling us um, to live our lives uh, in accordance with the path that he has marked out for us to him. And the only way to do that is through um, actively engaging in a relationship with Christ in such a way that it's it's deeply transformational uh, in, in doing away with... Um, all of our all of our sinful habits and yeah. the habitual patterns and the struggles and it's truly making us more like Christ and there's not going to be a lot of yield 
if we don't invest in that relationship. Oh, sure. And so we have to make sure that following Jesus is actually part of our gospel message. Right. Because this is, like we've mentioned several times before already, uh, this is not just a, hey, all right, I understand what you're saying, and I resonate with that, so uh, yeah, my sins are <laughs> my sins are forgiven. Yeah. And um, then it has no bearing on our lives whatsoever. Right. Um, that That's just, uh, that, that's what it is. It's a, it's a false assurance. Yeah. And so um, we have to be very um, be, be very pointed in our our presentation of what we're telling people about what it actually means yeah. to have a transformational relationship with Christ. It involves following Him. Yeah. And so I, I think that's super intentional to be or super intentional. I think it's I think it's super beneficial to be able to include that. Uh, in our message as we talk uh, relationally and conversationally with people about the gospel. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, Well, that's a wrap for us. If you enjoyed today's conversation, share it with a friend so they can join us as we unpack more topics next week. Have a fantastic day.